Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Scott Podcast and this is the first episode of 2019 and as always I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. How are we mate? I'm, I'm fantastic mate, how are you? I'm very well mate, very well. So we've got a lot to discuss Matt on uh, this episode, it's going to be a jam-packed episode. Uh, we took a wee break over the last couple of weeks but Matthew, let's talk about uh, the, the big talking point, the elephant in the room. Rangers won. Celtic now, me and you have been dying to do a podcast uh, on the old firm, and this is the first podcast uh, we've ever done where Rangers have beaten Celtic. So we have. So Matthew, um, what a day it was, mate, and what a result, what a performance. What a performance, mate. Honestly, I I don't think me, you, any Rangers fan, realistically thought we were going to win, but we didn't just win. We absolutely battered them up and down the pitch. It was. Could have easily been three or four, and um, it was such a great day and occasion. I think me and you se- certainly celebrated it that night. Oh yeah, we most definitely did, mate. It was a it was a wild day. It was a wild day, mate. It was a very emotional day as well. Um, the players just were phenomenal. Honestly, every single Rangers player in a blue jersey really put in a shift, and that was honestly honestly hands down, mate. I thought that was the best performance this season. I would say so. Obviously, yeah. we 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 were going to that game not in the best of form. It was a bit of yeah. a, but pull that performance out the bag. Obviously, we had wee niggles there and there. Goldson had a wee niggle. Kent was coming back from injury, wasn't maybe fully fit. But we was like we were hungrier. We, we won every second ball. Just that midfield, we dominated it. Ryan Jack, our field were absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like we just that is the that is. When Gerard came in from day one, that is the performance he was looking for. That is his exactly. Peak. That's what he's imprinted on the squad. That's that's his peak before uh, as a team, our peak performance. Yeah, hands down, mate. Honest to God, like everyone put a shift in, as I said, and we battered them all over the park. We dominated them in every single area of the pitch. Celtic could not cope. We wanted it more, mate. We wanted it more. They were shook by the occasion. Simple as they did not expect it. They did not expect Rangers to come right at them. We pressed them all over the park, and as we've said before in the previous old firm game before that, we showed them far too much respect. This time round, we showed them no respect. We got right in their faces, and we didn't let Celtic do their usual thing, where we didn't let them think they owned the place. We just completely battered them, and we were just utterly dominant, mate. That was that was honestly God. That was four going on five. Like they, we created so many chances. Celtic really didn't cause us any problems whatsoever. It was a very quiet afternoon for Alan McGregor, to be honest. It was I mean, a few. I mean, they had a few chances in the, in the second half, but nothing. The only clear cut chance I think they really did have was I think it was towards the end of the game. It might have been Andy where um, Neitrum, uh, what was it? Andy Hardy got uh, in the way of uh, Neitrum's shot, blocked yeah. that because that was I think that was going to be going. Uh, in the bottom uh, right-hand corner, so it was, and then big Andy yeah. Haldy with a phenomenal block, and it has to be said, mate, Haldy was terrific. It was, was, like, so when I seen the team sheet, up. mate, when I seen the team sheet, I was like, oh, God, why are we starting Haldy like that? And I, I was saying to you in the build-up to it, I was like, we should not start Andy Haldy at left-back. I, I, I was saying it, it would be the wrong move. I think it would be more beneficial going with a natural left-back in Lee Wallace, but I'll put my hands up, mate, and say I was proved wrong. Andy Haldy was phenomenal he was terrific and see after all the nonsense he's went through 
um, from back in April in the Scottish Cup semi where the Celtic fans were chatting Andy Halliday. Uh, well, I don't think they'll be chatting his name anymore after that performance. He was phenomenal. It was unbelievable. And that's why I point out a lot of people say, oh, I'm just your lap boy. I, I, I agree with you on everything. I, I don't. Obviously, I was very much for Halliday. You were much for Wallace in this game. Yep. Um, I was very much in Halliday's corner. He's, I think he's been amazing left back this season being called upon. Obviously, Barisic is number one when he's fit. But Halliday is very much, I'm very much comfortable with him being there. And he was brilliant. His, his delivery, by the way, what a delivery he's got. Yeah, he's great in the set pieces, mate. Honestly, he's much better on the set pieces than Tavernier. And that's one thing Andy Haldy's really improved on in his game, is his set pieces. He obviously scored a goal earlier on this season against Dundee. A phenomenal free kick. And you see, and from dead ball situations, Andy Haldy's fantastic in that, you know. And it has to be said, Steven Gerrard deserves a lot of credit because he's really brought the best out in Andy Haldy. Where, obviously, last season, Andy Haldy... I think every Rangers fan was saying he's a lost cause, may as well get rid of him. But Gerard obviously seen something in him and he gave him a chance and he's brought the best out in him. And that just shows you how good of a coach Steven Gerrard is, that he's able to bring out the best in people like Andy Haldy. Exactly, he does. He knows the players he, he, he can coach. Like Haldy knows the players that maybe aren't quite good enough, like like Hope, for example. Um, but I, he is a, Gerard's a fantastic coach, obviously. Like you said, he saw something Halliday, and like throughout his his career, Halliday he's been deployed at kind of left uh, mid left back at Middlesbrough and things like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously at McAllister when he was at Middlesbrough with Halliday, yeah, he obviously saw him in that position. And McAllister maybe went to Gerard. Listen, if you can get the best of him at left back, we've got a really good option there. Gerard's obviously worked with him. He's always played him. In, Defensive and centre mid, sorry, this season as well, but at left back, I think that's his best position. Yeah. And Gerard saw that and thought, you know what, I'm going to get the best out of you. And he knows he's a Rangers man. He, he, I, I, I feel like Gerard, not in terms of ability, but Alad remains with Gerard a wee bit, like the passion that he has for Rangers, like what Gerard did for Liverpool, mm-hmm. and plays for the badge. And also, Gerard's seen that and thought, you know, you're a good player as well. And we're just reaping the rewards. Yeah, Andy Halley might not be the greatest player. But he'll give you 110%. And see, when he's got confidence, like he's obviously got right now, he, the confidence can work wonders for a player and like human beings in general, you know. So that is like, it's really, really phenomenal how Gerrard's managed to make Andy Haldy feel good about himself again. And he's just brought the best out in him. And I, as you were saying, I think left back might be his natural. Uh, position. I honestly God think that is going to be his natural position going forward. Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, obviously Wallace he, he's gone. So Borna Barisic will be our, our first choice left back, no doubt. And then Halliday is is I'm very much happy with him as um, backup. Not if I'd be saying that in my life, but he certainly he certainly is a very good left back. Um, yeah, no, I agree, mate. And but we need to talk about the goal. We need to talk yes. about the goal, mate. Ryan Kent, he ran Lustig ragged. Honestly, I think. Do you think Lustig feigned an injury? Because yeah. a lot of people were thinking that. Well, put it way, the occasion really got to that boy because he was. He did not expect us to turn up the way we did, and for the goal, Ryan Kent. Honestly, mate, he turned Lustig inside out. It was what a, what a run from Ryan Kent. Just absolutely ragdolled him. Lovely pass to Ryan Jack. And Ryan Jack, first of a goal for Rangers. What a way to get it. Right through Scott Brown's legs as well. 
I know, mate. I was such a that's a thing you should expect from like a, a a player who finishes all the time. But like you said, that's his first ever Rangers goal. It's such a calm, collected, cool finish. He's like, okay, I know where I'm going to put this. If I just put that, in, like if, I, if that's on target, I, I'm scoring. Uh, you don't need blast or anything. Else. If it's on target, it scores. Just the fact you went through Scott Brown's legs, but also we're trying to be biased. Too much of the time, but that just made it mm-hmm. all that sweeter. Um, and Ryan Kent. We need to get that boy, I've said it since the start of the season, we need to get that boy on a permanent basis. He absolutely, like you said, he ragdolled Lustig the whole game. His energy, his creativity is absolutely second to none. We've got in that, in that position right now. Um, I've still got Murph to come back, but I would have Kent over Murph any day, in my opinion. And just yeah. the whole team, I think the only thing that was missing for me was a Morelos goal. Yeah, Morelos, honestly... Um... Uh, obviously, uh, before I say something about Morelos, uh, Ken, uh, uh, as you were saying, mate, I think we really need to push the boat out and get him on a permanent yeah. because Ryan Kent is a terrific, terrific footballer. And anytime he plays, when he's getting a good run of games, he gets better and better as the, the, even as more games he gets. He's a real talent. He's a real. He's got a big future. And hopefully, his future will be at Rangers. What, how much do you think Liverpool will want for him? I, I think. At the most, I would say five. Five? Um, I'm thinking maybe the, uh, three, maybe? 3.5? I don't know. 3.5, but at the absolute most, five. Um, at the very least, between two to three million. Um, I don't think they're going to ask a whole lot, because obviously they know Gerrard's in charge. Uh, they'll uh, obviously do him out, like, say, oh, no, he's 10 million or whatever. They do it. I'm, I can't see them doing that. Uh, Liverpool, Klopp, and their owners, are, they're very good. They're very realistic, and we can get them for, say... I'd be happy to pay five million for him, but I think when he gets some people off the books first to maybe do that. Yeah. Um, but, so we need, if we, I'd be very happy with five million for him. That'd be a very good investment. He'll bring you, like we said, loads of assists, goals, and he's still young, so he can even improve. And if we do buy him for five, maybe in three, four years, we can sell him for ten. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, but see. I don't see a permanent deal happening until the end of the season. I don't see anything happening in January, but we've got Kent until the end of the season, so when it comes to summertime, that's when negotiations, I think, will start for Ryan Kent. Yeah. But on to Morelos. Morelos, even though the big man didn't get a goal, he came close, mate. Um, he hit the crossbar, uh, so he did in the first half. And he bullied Celtic's defence. He absolutely bullied them. His link-up play yet again was phenomenal. His awareness was terrific, as always. He and obviously he was just he was a nightmare for that Celtic defence and it has to be said, mate. He was quite lucky to stay on the pitch. Obviously, um, that with uh, what was it? He kicked Scott Brown's balls. Yeah, and yeah, obviously he was quite fortunate. And there was a couple other incidents. One with uh, Ryan Christie, as well. Um, but yeah, he was quite fortunate to stay stay in the pitch. But apart from apart from that, um. I thought John Beaton actually had a decent game, but we'll come on to John Beaton later on. But yeah, Morelos was a nightmare for the Celtic defence. And as you were saying earlier, the only thing that could have topped that all off, mate, was a Morelos goal. He came close, though. He did. He did, he did, he did came close, and he was like a annoying wee fly in the Celtic's defence. He, he wouldn't go away. He was just constantly there. He was, and he's so energetic. Like you said, he didn't get the goal, but he'd done everything else. And he created so many chances for himself as well. And like you see, his link up plays it was an all on performance. If you're not getting a goal, you want that type of performance from, from your striker, and that's exactly what he done. And honestly, he, that boy, if he does that in every old firm, we're going to. The goal will come. 
the goal will come, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. honestly, he's like, like you said, well, like Frank, he's got such a bright future as well. He could, we could sell him on. I don't think we will anytime soon, but he could become our Dembele almost, just constantly scoring big goals and winning his titles and things like that. And hopefully, that's where that's going to lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a big shout out to Ross McCory. He just won every 50 50. He was a rock in that midfield, so he was. He was an absolute rock. And he's got he a big future as well. And I see what Stephen Gerrard said today. He thinks that Ross McCory could be a potential future Rangers captain, which is what that was. That's going to work wonders for him going forward. What a confidence boost that is hearing someone like Stephen Gerrard say that you are a future Rangers captain. I know, it's, it's such a. He's still only 20 or something. Um, and to have like, a legend of the game, your own manager saying that is unbelievable. I have no doubt he'll spend his career at Rangers. I hope he does. He'll, I think he'll, if Ben Tavenier goes, I think he'll be the captain next. Um, so, or Ryan like, Jack, maybe? Or, like, Ryan we've, Jack, got, we've, got, so, we've, got we've got serious potential captains in that squad. And as we said, you brought up Tavenier. Tavenier, he's came under a lot of criticism this season. At, at times, I think it has been justified. But that was a captain's performance in, the, uh, in that old firm game. He yeah. was phenomenal. Oh, like, I can't emphasize this enough, mate. Like, I'm not just saying this with, because I'm wearing blue tinted specs. Rangers were genuinely terrific that day. It was... Every, honestly, everyone put a shift in. It was, it was brilliant. Everyone worked so, so hard. And see if we lost that, the title challenge would have been done. Simple as. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think, obviously, with a game in hand, that would have taken it, what, to, like, six points or something like that. It'd probably more, I can't, can't remember the maths, but, yeah, no, Tav was absolutely phenomenal. He's obviously, you know, he's got his critics. He, he, I'm sure he's very much aware of that. He's listed old firm, this is at Ibrox. I'm the captain. I'm going to show why I deserve to be captain in the biggest game Rangers could play. Uh, Rangers play all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he proved that he's defending He's under, come a lot, under a lot of criticism as well. I thought he defended very well. He very calm when he was defending. And going forward, we know how good he is going forward. But he's quite inconsistent at, at, at times. But it, it was well. It was amazing going forward. It was brilliant when he was defending. And it, it was a real leader on that pitch, which we've not seen at times this season, but he was a leader to the... Uh, not today, on the 29th. Yep. And he really does it, like you said, he showed why he should be captain. And if he does that every single game... Which you need to say for every single player on the pitch, if they do it every single game, we will certainly. I'm not going to say we won the league because you, you don't know, but if you do that every single game, you're going to give yourself a real good chance. Yeah, and see, and also Matthew, uh, I think you, I think you'll be holding your hands up as well. I know you've gave Joe Warrell a lot of yep. flack this season, but mate, it has to be said, him and Goldson were unbelievable. Joe Warrell was up for it as well, just. He was terrific. He was terrific, and it was great to see. So Matthew, you're going to be going to be offering a public apology for the uh, about Joe Warrell. Yep, uh, Joe, uh, Mr. Warrell, if you, if you listen to this, uh, I stand by my my criticism um, throughout the season. But uh, on the old firm day, you were absolutely immense. Um, he was. He was yep. fantastic. That's the best performance I've seen him from um, this season, and I Hands down. Don't agree with that. Um, the question is now, can I do that every game? Yeah, oh, he has to build on this, mate. Like, the whole team needs to build on this. It's not just yeah. Joe Warrell. We need to kick on from this performance. This this could be a real lift for the season. So we need to kick on and c- continue this good run of form. Because, see, 
we've, obviously we've won the old firm game, right? Just say we go uh, to Rugby Park uh, next weekend, right? And we lose, but like exactly like what that old firm game was pointless then, you know? So we need to continue this good run of form and build on that performance. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, you can't just think, oh, we're old firm and let your head's down. No, you need to... Dude, that's what Celtic done like the last two seasons. When they won the old firm, they built upon it and they, they just ran away with the league. That's what we need to do. We need to, obviously, we won the old firm. It's a fantastic result. But it's, a, it's just one game at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's just one game. And as much as that is a big game, it's still one game. You need to have that mentality, that performance every single game. And Rugby Park, that's obviously when they're, you know, early in the season, but they're much tougher now. Um, well, let's not forget they're only like a point behind us in the league anyway. Mhm. Yeah. So, Kamala are right in amongst it, mate. They're right in amongst the title race, so they are. I know. I thought we'd ever say that, but they are. Right, we're joint top with Celtic right now, obviously. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting second half of the season, mate. It will be, but so obviously, oh, exactly, mate. So obviously, we'll we spoke a lot about Rangers. Let's move on to Celtic as a whole. It was just not a good day for them whatsoever. Um, the Celtic could not do a thing right. The passing was very uh, poor. Shocking. Yeah, it was it was shocking. Um, the going forward they were really poor. Defensively they were all over the place. Boyata, he does not want to play for Celtic anymore. That's quite evident, right? It's clear he doesn't want to be it there anymore. So but he has, oh, he is so unaware at times. He's so lackadaisical. He reminds me a lot of Fe Ambrose. He is just he, he switches off far too much, and uh, him and Scott Brown were the two worst players for Celtic on the day. They were. I've actually I've I've seen a fa- uh, a video was going around Facebook and that the amount of times they just picked the ball out of play or lost the ball like without like obviously we were pressing pretty much the whole game, but even when those times we weren't really pressing for whatever reason, they just put the ball out of play. And it was unforced errors and. <laughs> As something you would not associate with Scott Brown, maybe Boyata, because he's done quite a lot of that game, but especially not Scott Brown, an old firm game, that's a bad sign. He made so many mistakes, Scott Brown, just putting the ball out of play or losing the ball. He, that was it's, it's the start of the decline, I'm afraid, for Scott Brown. Oh, it is, yeah, it's simple as, right? Scott Brown's finished now. I, I genuinely think he is finished, and I think he should move to Australia as soon as possible, get that big one last payday, and then that will be him sorted. but my God, he got bullied, absolutely bullied Scott Brown. And I, he was like a shell of his former self because, you see, any time we're playing against Celtic, he was very cocky, he was very arrogant, he was right in our faces, rubbing it in, trying to wind up the Rangers' support. Scott Brown looked intimidated by that occasion. And do you think Scott Arfield's let him out his pocket yet? Yeah, I don't know. I seen him he was in holiday, so he may have done. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Arfield was on him. Game like Scott Brown didn't have a chance in the ball, he didn't have any time on it. He just no space like, whatsoever, mate. No space. Scott Arfield was there like a shadow. Yeah, Scott Arfield. I think Scott Brown's finally met his match. He has, yeah, because we've had guys like Joey Barton come up, and uh, it's, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. We've had the media have hyped this big uh rivalry up. Oh, how well, it's going to be um, Brown versus Barton, etc. Brown versus Haldy, not yeah, exactly worked out, you know. I but. Yeah, I think, he, honestly, Brown has finally met his match and Scotty Arfield, and as you were saying, Scotty Arfield did not leave him alone. He was staying on him just like an annoying fly. He would, Brown had, like, 
no space, like hardly any space throughout that whole game, and he was misplacing passes left, right, and centre, along with Boyata. It was just a, I think it's a day that Scott Brown wants to forget because it that is simple, right? See if you press Celtic and keep their big players quiet, right? I think, like for example, Scott Brown is that like what we done in the old firm game? He's quiet. Yeah. He's he's terrible. Like he's non-existent. And once you do that, that's them. That's Celtic. They're, 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 they're done. Yeah. Threats and you attack. They they're not going to do anything. That's the best player was Callum McGregor. He's playing left back. I mean that. I I do I am a fan and Gregory is really versatile. He was the best player, um, by quite a distance. Um, um, the rest were terrible. Uh, I would disagree, mate. I think no. I mean, like yeah, I think he, he was good in the day, but I would ha- I would I would disagree in the sense of that McGregor was the Celtic's best player. I think it was Craig Gordon because like, Craig Gordon kept that at one 0 because he made stuff like we we slag him a lot, right? He made some fantastic. Saves. We, yeah, we slag him a lot, right? But that's Craig Gordon's best game in a long, long time. Hands well, down, like he that he genuinely did keep that at one 0 because he made some phenomenal saves, so he did. And yeah. obviously Morelos um hit the crossbar and uh, Morelos had a one on one, in in the second half and Gordon uh, exactly Gordon as well. And uh, obviously Morelos had a one on one, then Gordon saved it, and then oh big boy Yata, even though he had a shocker of the game, he cleared our fields uh, shot off the line. So we created a lot of chances. I mean, Celtic were so lucky it was only one 0 So that's where Craig Gordon deserves a lot of credit. For only, bit for being able to keep it at uh, one 0 Yeah, de- definitely. Um, obviously, like, like you said, we're, we're giving him a, a lot of slack and quite rightly so. But he, 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 he had a like, fantastic, um, fantastic game. Uh, obviously, the, like the like, one I said sticks out with for me was when Golson headed it, got to be a certain goal. He pumped it away, um, and we had like good three chances, obviously, to make it three four. But at the end of the day, we got the three point. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And like well, I said, none of them like apart obviously apart from uh, Gordon and McGregor, I can't think of one player that that stood out. Yeah, I know. Like Ryan Christie didn't do a whole lot. Scott Sinclair had a a shocker from start to finish. Uh, Scott Sinclair said it for a long time. The guy is done at Celtic. He is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I used to be like scared. Like when I seen an old film when uh, Scott Sinclair was playing, I used to be scared. Like, oh, here we go. But now I'm just like, oh, Scott Sinclair, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Like, we see when I seen him in the team, I was like, he won't be a threat at all. Like, he genuinely would not be, you know. So, and Celtic do have the issues. Their issues, obviously, they need to make some signings this uh, January. They need to get a right back in. They need to get another centre half. And they need to get a left winger in. They need to get a striker. They've obviously got Timothy Way, who's uh, a striker from PSG. Bio as well. Uh, who? Bio. Bio and they got him as well and uh, they've got Oliver Buck, um. But we're coming yeah, to transfers uh, later on. But well, uh, before we move off uh, from the old firm game, is there anything else you want to add about Celtic's performance? Oh, Mikey Johnson starting up top. Um, yes, that, that was, was a strange choice. It was a very strange call. I'm surprised he didn't go with Edward. I did, I don't. I did not understand that. I was very convinced he was going to go with Edward, but he went for Mikey Johnson. So I'm not going to be too harsh on Mikey Johnson. Um, he, uh, that he's was, still a young player. Yeah, he's a young player. Going to Ibrox, massive game, high pressures. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be too harsh, but the occasion got to the boy and it was probably just too much for him, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've slid Edward like, basically throughout the season, but he's still the best striker. He's still, he can still do something in old term, but Mikey Johnson, he, he was missing. I can't remember him like, barely getting a touch of the ball. Yeah, and... Uh, pardon me. Um, but Edward... 
And then the nine million pound man, um, obviously he scored Gosh, around. Exactly. He scored around fourteen, fifteen goals this season. Nine million pound. I think you should be expecting a hell of a lot more than fourteen, fifteen goals from a nine million pound signing. Exactly, Morelos cost what one million. He's nearly in twenty already. He's over twenty. He's over twenty. Uh, he's so twenty-one. Morelos is uh, the top goal scorer in Scotland, so he is. So you would you would think Morelos was uh, the nine million pound man, um, and uh, Edward is not. He's not consistent enough. It's simple as he's not consistent enough. He's he can't it, like you can play a good one game. Next game he will just be non-existent, you know, and you should be expecting a lot more. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious as to whether. Rogers dropped him because he was cocky that he was going to win it, or it's because he's lost trust in Edwards. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't think he's lost trust in him because Rogers obviously signed for nine million pounds. So I think Rogers is determined to ho- ho- so hopefully so you, in so his. Uh, uh, like hope- start him then. Sorry, what? So it's probably cockiness start him. Possibly, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know the reason why he didn't start him, yeah. but I think the reason Rogers is like obviously as I was saying, like he's determined to prove people wrong uh, about Edward and he's like so set in his ways to make sure this signing works. So yeah, because he's put his neck out in the line signing Edward for nine million pounds because we are like it, it seems Scottish football nowadays, where do you see players coming to Scotland for that amount of money, you know? So that, that's, that, yeah, exactly. It's a big transfer fee. So, yeah, I think Rogers is adamant on trying to prove people wrong about him. So, I, I don't know the reason why. Maybe Cockiness, as you say, I don't know. Or he just might have had faith in Mikey Johnson. Who knows? But when Edward came on, he done nothing. Exactly, so. Yeah, he done nothing. So, yeah, and they're, over, they're obviously... I think they are missing Lee Griffiths in a sense. And he's going through his issues. But what do you make about uh, Lee Griffiths, obviously, um, being at the races when he's meant to be off in the sick? It's I don't think that's a, a very smart move for him. Uh, it's just stupid. It's just... It honestly doesn't surprise me from Lee Griffiths. Like, he's just... A, I don't I don't obviously want to... He's obviously got his issues. I don't want to learn too much. But, like, I, I expect that from him. Like, he just seems like the type of guy. Yeah, like, he's... He's got his issues and that, and he's going out to the races and that. He's obviously probably drinking and that as well. And he's just, it seems like he's just almost throwing his career in the bin now. It's like, ah, uh, I care. Not, it's just, uh, I don't know what he's doing. It's just, it's. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I know. I agree. It's it's daft from him. He should know better. And Brendan Rogers was not happy whatsoever about it. He genuinely wasn't. He, Rod, he Rogers came out and said that well, he shouldn't be doing that. He's not on holiday. He's meant to be off in the sick. So, and that doesn't look good because see when he goes out to the races or whatever, the press are going to pick up on it and he's not doing himself any favours. Right now, he should be lay, laying low, trying to get himself better, seeking professional help, you know. That's what he should be doing, not going to the races and uh, getting drunk. It does not look good at all. So, I don't know when he'll be back, but Rogers, that, that's not went down with Rogers at all. He's not, that's not went down well with Rogers at all. No, I seen Rogers in the press conference was was raging, and quite rightly so. Like you, if he was like, okay, go get some professional help. We're here for you. Any help you want, we're here for you. Just go get the help that you you really need. I he's like, I need bother. Next thing you know, he's out at the race. He's getting pit and bet. So and probably for, probably for quite a lot. Of, he's not going to there to put a fiver bet on. Is he? He's going to put like, quite a lot of money. I'd imagine, and he's getting drunk and doing who knows else what. So it's it's not it's not good in him at all. No, I absolutely agree, mate. I absolutely agree. 
So uh, before we move on to our next segment, we'll talk about the John Beaton situation. Um, and obviously Dirtland's, uh, Dirtland Down is going to phone in. Um, is there anything else you want to add on uh, the old firm game before we move on? No, I had not I could be talking here for ages, but no, I was going to say, obviously, first time on the pod that Rangers have won, and it's, it's a good feeling, because usually we're, we're here thinking, oh, it's a good performance, but if we've done this, we could have won, but no, this time we actually did win. <laughs> exactly, mate. So, onwards and upwards, title challenge is well and truly on, Try, mate. Like, oh, and I just want to say something, actually, sorry. Remember, uh, um, Ben Baker, start of the season, says there won't be a title challenge. Yeah. Exactly. Remember that podcast we done right after uh, the the first old firm game this season where our Rangers got beat one 0 and he was saying, "Oh, Rangers won't challenge. Rangers won't challenge." <laughs> we told him at the time, "Yeah, there's gonna be a title challenge. Rangers may not win it, but there's gonna be a title challenge." And yeah, it's, Jan- it's January time. If Ben's listening, I know he will be. Ben, mate, it's January time, mate. It's January time, and Mark joint toppies on the same amount of points. Title challenge is well and truly on, big man. So you're eating your words. You are well and truly wrong there, mate. So, so we've got uh, Declan Downey back on the show. So we have. So Declan, eh? Uh, how are we, big man? I'm all right, mate. How yourself? I'm very well, mate. Very well, man. Um. So Deco, uh, you've got an interesting question. So we have. So fire away, uh, big yeah. man. It's about John Beaton. So fire away. Relation to the old firm, uh, good victory one now. Uh, it was just basically all the, the threats uh, again made against John Beaton uh, after the old firm. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Oh and yeah, I think it's way over the top, mate. It's embarrassing, you know. It's ridiculous. Um, Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. The way uh, Celtic have reacted from the see the way the Celtic fans and Celtic as a club have reacted to this, it's uh, shameful. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Like Matthew, me and you have said before, when see when Celtic released that statement coming out and demanding that John Beaton comes out and explains himself about the decisions he made. Like that like obviously John Beaton's not gonna come out and say that. He's not gonna come out and say that, you know, it's it's disgraceful. It really is. And so the fact that idiots out there are actually sending this guy death threats, it's honestly it's disgusting and shameful. Yeah. You know, and I hope these absolute losers get found out soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, think, I think it's quite quite annoying as well. Like one, one of these colleagues, apparently, like they put you detailed online for obviously Celtic fans to see. Um, yeah, because security, mate, like security actually had to get called to his house. No, no, security, sorry, yeah. the police. The police actually had to get called to his house because uh-huh. John Beaton was getting threats in his address and his details, as you were saying got leaked out and John Beaton the other week was refereeing up in there and he had to come with a police escort like that is that should not be on man like like come on like that is utterly shameful at the end of the day as a game as a game of football like it's, it's not someone like you don't threaten someone's life over a game of football I mean it's just obviously it happened two years ago over Neil Lennon got nail bombs and all that it's no place for football for things like that whatsoever Mm-hmm. Yeah, because see, John Beaton, apart from obviously him missing 
uh, the Morelos incidents, right? And the, and obviously Scott Brown should be sent off. I think we've all seen that that tackle yeah. that uh, that late tackle on Ekendes. Scott Brown should be sent off. But apart from him missing those incidents, John Beaton actually had a good game. He did. And um, honestly, I've been a big critic of uh, John Beaton in the past. Like, remember that old firm, uh, no, old firm game, the the game against Hibs at Ibrox last season, where Anthony yeah. Stokes should have been sent off and John Beaton never sent him off. So, like, John Beaton, see people coming out and saying, "Oh, John Beaton's a secret Rangers fan." No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. You know, like John Beaton has uh, made some really poor decisions against Rangers in the past. So, at uh, this narrative that's that's getting spouted out right now about him being a Rangers fan, utter nonsense, right? Do I think John Beaton's a good referee? No, I don't, right? But sending death threats to the guy, utterly shameful. That is not on whatsoever. And also, boys, I don't know what you think, right? Do you think the media have played a part in this, you know? Like guys like Chris Chris Sutton, Michael Stewart coming out and vilifying John Beaton the way they have? I Yeah. 
Yeah, d- definitely. I think it was obviously helping these certain level from situation in the big games and the stuff they do do in England. It's quite classic down in England, but I think regardless how long it takes, that's what they're complaining down so if it takes too long to make a decision. But either way, if it takes too long, as long as you get the right decision, exactly. I think that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. And that would certainly welcome up, up here. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think VAR should be a thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of it, you know, and it should be implemented within Scottish football. But one wee takeaway here is that, see, if VAR comes into Scottish, uh, Scottish football, it won't be right away. It'll be like 18 months, as I was saying, because the referees, it, it, apparently it takes a year for them to actually get trained up uh, for VAR. So that's when we means long. Yeah. As we try and make progress and in, in, in trying to improve the standard of refereeing in our game, because at least finally it's been addressed, mate. If finally, boys, finally it's been addressed because this has been an ongoing issue all season with how terrible the standard of refereeing's been, and now finally we're coming to a solution to try and solve it, which is only good news, you know. But what do you think about referees going full time? I think that should be. I think as well, you know, I think referees, because all the referees in Scotland, to my knowledge, are all part-time. Referees in Scotland should be full-time. It's simple as, because all the refs down in the England, in the EPL, they're all full-time, and the standard of refereeing down there is actually pretty solid. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, like, I, you know, as you were saying about VAR, um, I mean, obviously, it comes with advantages and disadvantages, because it can be very controversial, because, like, maybe, like, big teams like Celtic Rangers, Dundee, etc. There might be some sort of conflict between the VAR. Uh, you all get maybe one team arriving conflict uh, with like decision being made, and it might end up arriving more conflict and maybe causing more arguments. So I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing, definitely. Yeah, VAR, VAR should be implemented because, as Big Matt was saying there, even though it does take a wee bit of time for um, the obviously the referee to go look at the look at VAR, look at it and stuff, and and obviously review it doesn't matter as long as the, the right decision has been made. So, yeah, it can be a bit frustrating at times, but, and it might slow the game down, but it, it has to be implemented, you know. Yeah, but it was good to see... Hopefully it reduces as well. Hopefully Aye. it reduces uh, like any threats or any like, violent towards referees as well, especially I, I had the question brought about John Beaton. Like, obviously, that just can't be, that just can't be condoned. Like, it's just unprofessional. No, I absolutely agree, mate. It's, it's shameful and, yes, John Beaton is not a good referee, but there should not be made, there should not be any threats whatsoever against a guy's life. That is I'm just shameful. Just Celtic are lightly. It's just obviously if it was the other way about Celtic one 0 uh, one one nil for Christmas and stuff like they like we would have just had to accept it just like we have been for years. Um, that's just the way the way it has been. But yeah, we get a victory and this is the way they act. It, no, just, I know it has to be said, right? Obviously, I try to be as uh, as fair as possible, but it has to be said. See the the way Celtic have reacted and the way Celtic have conducted themselves after that result. It it's it's certainly it's literally sent them into meltdown. It really has. They're at the they're, it's like they're in a crisis, like just one defeat, and look at them. Look at the state they've got themselves in. You know, making statements saying that the John Beaton should come out and explain why he made those decisions, why he didn't send Morelos off. Like, come on, like. That's that's embarrassing. Like Celtic, the, like obviously they're a massive club, great history. They should know better than that. That is, that is pretty low, in my opinion. I think I think yeah. it is, and it's unprofessional. Like, like what referee in the history has came out after a game 
and they explain themselves. It's never happened, so why should that happen now? It's just yeah, it's not. It's never going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, what did they think? Oh, they really think that the SFA are going to say, okay, right, uh, John, be- oh, right, John, go explain your decisions. Uh, why you never uh, sent Morelos off? Go out and explain it. No, that's not going to happen. Like that. I, th- I don't know what I thought it was. I thought it was. It was. I've said it many times. It's embarrassing, but it, it was extremely, extremely childish. It was. It was so childish. That's the kind of thing you would expect from, like, like a fan. That's something you would expect from a fan, like, like a a mature fan to do. You know, not Celtic as a club to come out and release a statement like that. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think I never actually even told you guys about this. I don't know if you've heard, but I mean, I'm guessing you saw maybe like the photoshops of John Beaton, uh, apparently in like Rangers pubs and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the, that, yeah, obviously like, that's, that's fake off, as like, well. Yeah, uh, like it's completely fake, like it's, it's photoshopping. People are actually going out their way, like so sad and making that time to do that, just to try and maybe ruin this man's career or just make it look worse for him. It's just... It's, yeah, no, honestly, it's really, really sad that losers out there would go and do something like that, Declan, you know, they're absolutely right, because they're trying to ruin this guy's life, trying to ruin his career, as you were saying, by doing petulant stuff like that. Uh, exactly, I mean, I'm Possibly had to deal with the backlash of us as well, especially with so many Celtic fans, like way over 50,000 odds, like having to deal with us as well. And he's obviously just had a really, really bad reputation after this whole firm game as well. And that's not unfair on him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. I couldn't agree more. But um, obviously, before we move on, it's good to see that the meeting went well with the, the managers and the referees tonight. That was good to see. And and it's a re- I think it's a real po- we're going in a positive direction now. Uh, that obviously VAR might be brought into Scottish football and it was good that the managers and the referees cleared the air tonight, they cleared the air and hopefully the, the standard of refereeing will improve going into the second half of the season and the threats being made against the referees will go away. So here's hoping, fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah. Aye, fingers Definitely. crossed, mate. And what what was the your other question, Declan? Oh, uh, just yeah, tomorrow. Um, obviously, first game for Rangers against Kevin Beath. I know you've seen Davis and Jermaine Defoe starting. Uh, just wanted to get your, your thoughts on that, like how performance uh, you may think of how, how well it might go. Oh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, it's good, obviously, you brought up Stephen Davis and Jermaine Defoe. Well, that is, that's big news, mate. Us, us signing Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis. Jermaine Defoe, that is that is a blockbuster signing. Jermaine uh, Defoe is a phenomenal player, mate. Like, like, he can still put in a good, good day's work. Oh, mate, I, the guy still got it, mate. This guy has mm. scored a plethora of goals down south. Like He's his seventh top goal scorer in the history of the English Premier League. He's played yeah. with clubs like Tottenham, um, Sunderland. He's, he's had a fantastic career. So he has, and he's 36, yeah, people are trying to say, oh, he's 36, he's past it. No, he's not, like, Kenny Miller's 38, he's still scoring goals in the SPFL, and see people out there that are trying to say, oh, Jermaine Defoe won't be able to cut it in Scotland. That's nonsense, that's utter nonsense. So you're trying to tell me, an England international, right, who's had well over uh, 30-plus caps, uh, to my knowledge, he's on double digits with the caps, right, he's he's played in World Cups, played in Euros, right, Played in the the Premier League the majority of his career, right? Are you trying to tell me this guy will not be able to hack it in Scottish football? Come on, get a clue. Utter nonsense. Yeah, no, he's definitely capable. 
Oh, mate, I, he's more than capable. You know, and people will always point the finger saying, oh, yeah, like, look at previous signings, like Joey Barton and uh, Carton Cole that came up here and it's not really worked out. Yeah, but Jermaine Defoe, I think he's a different kilt of fish, right? And st- obviously Stephen Gerrard knows Jermaine Defoe well. They've played at international level together. And, he, he, yeah, Gerrard knows Defoe well. He'll be able to bring out the best in him. And Defoe is raring to go. And this is great news. This is positive news for Scottish football. And... Celtic fans trying to downgrade that signing. Come on, see if Jermaine Defoe signed for Celtic, they'll be raving about it. They they would be raving, they'll be buzzing about it. But Jermaine Defoe uh-huh. going to Rangers is nothing but great news, and I firmly firmly believe him and Morelos are going to rip it apart up here. Apart, yeah. I mean, I, I watched like, a good like Jay Oh, he's on. Oh, no, honestly, he's an unbelievable finisher, mate. Unbelievable finisher. Like uh, yeah, he, he's like. Yeah, and he scored. Uh, he was at Sunderland, I think, for about two seasons, right? And the two seasons he was at Sunderland, he scored in yeah. his first season at Sunderland. I think he scored fifteen, sixteen goals in a really poor team. And the second season at Sunderland, he scored the exact same. And he looked what he had around him, you know. He had utter dross around him, and yet he was still on double digits and arguably the yeah. best league in the world. So, and look at the players he's got around him up here. Like look at the players he's got, like in the in that Rangers team. Oh, exactly. Like he's got guys like Ryan Kent, Candeus, uh, Scotty Arfield, who are going to uh, and Morelos as well, who are going to provide him with plenty of chances, and he's going to be scoring goals for fun. If you get, if you give Jermaine Defoe good service, right, give him good service, uh, and that sits your box. He's me. He's going to be burying them away for fun, yeah. and uh, you're honestly, I would not be surprised if he gets more than fifteen goals. In the second half of the season, I don't think that's a, a I think I don't think it's an unfair uh, prediction to me. I think it's a very fair prediction, you know. Yeah, I think um, I think like Morelos as well. I think he could learn a lot from Jermaine Defoe. He's obviously he's a, he's an experienced player, like what he did as well, and he could maybe take things on uh, that will hopefully push ball up front and get more goals scored, uh, especially like the first half of the season as well. No, I couldn't agree more, mate. I couldn't agree more. So, yeah, exactly like Jermaine Defoe, experienced player, going to be playing alongside Morelos. Morelos has got... Obviously, we know how good he is. He's phenomenal. And he's only, like, 22, Morelos, so he's got a big future ahead of him. And Morelos is only going to get better. And as you were saying, like, Morelos can learn a lot of a legend of the game like Jermaine Defoe. And he's got, also got Steven Gerrard, who's a manager, who's a legend of the game as well. And Gerrard's brought the best out Morelos as well. Uh, we were saying uh, earlier on, Declan, like me and Matt were saying how good of a coach Steven Gerrard is, where he's able to bring out the best in certain people like Andy Halliday, who was a sitting duck at the time. And he's brought the best out in him. And yeah, like Gerrard has got that about him. He can bring the best out of players and make them feel confident, you know. But, um, yeah, obviously, going back to your point, oh, Stephen Davis, Matt, uh, we'll bring that up. We haven't mentioned him. We're speaking a lot about Defoe, but, Matt, it's great to see Stephen Davis back, eh? It's, it's fantastic. And I was just thinking about this. Who are you going to drop to bring Davis in? I think the most likely would probably be McCrory, but we've got options now in Davis. He's going to, obviously, his first spell, he was, like, our best midfielder. He also went down to Southampton, became our captain. He came back up and he, I don't think he's lost much ability. He may have lost a wee yard of pace, but that, that's natural. But he's going to kill it up here. He's going to yeah. Morales and the flow with so many assists. And he's going to 
him, Jack, Arfield, Dean McCrory, like I say, they're, they're good on that. They're good on the midfield in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. Like, you see the, the choice we've got in the midfield with the likes of like Ryan Jack, Scotty Arfield, Stephen Davis, and obviously we signed Kamara, but he won't be coming uh, this season. We've got Rossett as well, who might be going out and loan. But yeah, like Stephen Davis coming back up is great news. And he it's not like he wasn't play, like getting a lot of football down south. He was playing week in, week out for Southampton. This season, he's not played a, a whole lot of football, you know. But previous seasons, he was playing week in, week out. He was a captain as well. And he'd done really well down south. He was a regular starter for Southampton. But, uh, and he was playing some... He was exactly scoring goals, creating assists. Like, that is great news for us signing Stephen Davis. And he... I don't think he's lost a beat, if I'm being honest. And it's just more options for us in the midfield, you know. And, yeah, I think they will be making their debut tomorrow. Um, I know Gerard came out and said that, Davis and um, Defoe will be making their debut. So, yeah, I'm very confident we'll beat Cowan Beef. Um, We will. Uh, Yeah, we will. We'll beat Cowan Beef. I think it'll be maybe 3 or 4 now. Um, I think if the full starts he'll get in the score sheet um, but I think it will be a comfortable performance I think it will be an entertaining performance and uh, as long as we get through the next round um, that, uh, that's the main thing yeah definitely yeah I couldn't agree more mate could not agree more but um, Declan mate uh, thank you very much bro for, uh, for phoning in my man and obviously I'd like to plug uh, your podcast that you've got called Let's Bounce um, where can people find uh, your podcast Let's bounce. Uh, yes, it's, uh, it's on my oh, I mean, it's on my Facebook. Uh, and you can go to SoundCloud, Declan Downey. It's down on the list. Uh, just you can get get a new few stuff out there. I'm currently working on the third episode, um, which should be out hopefully soon. Yeah, that's good, mate. I know, obviously, it's a, a hard style podcast mixed with um, what's it called? The, the new, the new hardstyle one tonight. It's, just, it's still just going to be a part of Let's Bounce. It'll just be like it'll just probably say like a hardstyle episode. Uh, I'm not too sure I'm the hardstyle part of it. I'm probably just going to keep uh, doing what I've been doing. Uh, kind of eliminate the hardstyle. Just further out though. Yeah, I know what he's made. No worries at all, my man. So if you're a fan of hardstyle, go listen to it, Let's Bounce. Uh, or you can listen to it in SoundCloud as uh, the big man said. So I go check that out, Troops. And Declan, thank you very much for uh, phone in, big man. Yeah, no problem at all. Take care, guys. Right, cheers my man, speak to you soon, cheers mate, thank you Bye So Matthew um, enjoyed uh, that conversation there with Big Declan uh, Made a lot of good points obviously And I liked the fact he was uh, raising awareness about Obviously the the threats that have been made towards John Beaton And there's probably some other referees It was a good uh, phone call there speaking to Declan But we'll move on to transfers now Um, I know this has been a very Rangers-centric podcast uh, So it has, but I think Come on, mate. That's the first time Rangers beat Celtic. Uh, when, when we were been doing the podcast, you know, it's the first time Rangers beat Celtic in about seven years uh, in the league. In the league, so, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, but who cares? It's my show. We're not entitled to do it. But, yeah, so let's move on. We'll talk about Celtic, the, the signings they've made. Um, well, before we do that, actually, uh, Rangers signed Jordan Jones and Glenn Kamara. <laughs> we're just back on Rangers right away. But, yeah, on pre-contracts, I think that's... Uh, a good signing, Jordan Jones. I'm happy with that. Um, I've always been a big fan of him. I think it's a good addition to the squad. Glenn Kamara, I think that's a weird one, though, mate. If I'm being honest, he looks a good player. He obviously he can, he's a defensive player. He can, he certainly he can hold up the ball well. Um, he's got a good passing on that. He was obviously he was on Arsenal as a youngster, so he's obviously played for a big club. And 
Um, he's got a lot of potential, so I don't know. I think it's also replaced with Kula Bali next season, no doubt about that. Um, but Willie's actually up to our standard. Labour talking about earlier, Gerard's an amazing coach, so I'll say from that he's, he's, he's seen a player and he can hopefully get the best out of him. Exactly, and see, um, one thing Stevie G knows midfielders. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I went to Tristan Jones as well. Like, obviously, that's. Well, obviously, he's a left kind of winger. That means we're obviously. It means we'll have Jimmy Murphy there when he's fit. Great, sir. Um, and Gresda, he can play on both sides. And Kent. And, and Kent. But then I think that makes me worried. Does that mean we're not getting Kent if we're bringing Jones in? I mean, hopefully I'm wrong, but it's put a wee bit of doubt in my mind that we um, don't get Kent. I think Gerard knows himself that Kent is a very valuable asset to our squad and he's going to push the boat out to try and get him. So that's yeah. what that's what I'm thinking, mate. Um, but, yeah, um, Jordan Jones a good addition, I think. Um, and I think we've said before, mate, like we do need to cut the cloth a bit. There's a lot of deadwood there we need to get rid of. A lot of players that are, well, not a lot, just uh, the odd few that are on quite a bit. Herrera, like, Pena. Herrera, Pena, Graham Dorans. Dorans, I think... It's past that. I think his legs are gone. Yeah. He's too injury prone. He's on a, a good wage, not, but it's not exactly worked out for him. Able to do that pressing that Gerard wants. Exactly, I Dorans is. It's just not worked out. It's I think just, Holt will go. I think Holt will go. Um, but he'll go with my best wishes. Anytime he played, yeah, he always tried. Um, so he would go with my best wishes. Um, Rossiter, uh, Wallace. Uh, uh, Gerard doesn't fancy him. Simple as I like Wallace. I like to see him stay, but I don't think he's going to be staying. He'll be off, no doubt. But I, that's the thing, man. I do like Wallace a lot. I'd love to see him actually come back and come back into the team and try and prove Gerard wrong. But I just don't think there's any chance of that happening. But yeah, but Rossiter though, um, I think Rossiter's meant to be going out and loan. So he is. Yeah, I think Dundee United were linked to him, but I can't see that. I, I think. I think the best situation is Dundee. Is uh, normally Dundee wanted McCrory like this or loan or whatever then we'd get Kamara this month but I think it's obviously that's not going to happen he's a first team player he's future captain and that's no chance that's happening but I think Rosser to Dundee then as they get Kamara this month I think that's most likely yeah uh, no I, I no, apparently actually I, um, we're not going to be getting Kamara or Jones this month that's what I've heard but to be fair I'm, I'm not too bored about that obviously we've got a settled group just now uh, we've got and obviously Defoe and Davis uh, to add that wee bit of quality yeah, if we don't get Jones and Kamara just now, I wouldn't be that bothered. Yeah, I'm the exact same. But if, I, if I'm being honest, I would loan Rossiter out to Dundee. I don't see why we should uh, do business with Dundee United. They've not been pleasant to us in the past years. Exactly. And I, honestly, like even apart from that, I don't want to see Rossiter going down to the Championship. I want to see Jordan Rossiter and okay, playing no, in the top flight. You know, like Send him out to Dundee, like, have him play top flight football. So yeah, I think that would be more beneficial to the guy. You know, playing yeah, in the top flight. So I would loan him out to Dundee. Um, even if, for example, even if it wasn't Dundee United that came in, just say it was any other team in Championship, I would rather him just stay in the SPFL instead of going down a level, you know? So yeah, I think. Like, yeah, I th- the stage with us, um, or goes to like, another Scottish club. Yeah. Uh, and in the Premier, shit that is. Yeah, Gerard's a big fan of Rossiter, and I, I think Rossiter's got one more year left. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's a massive fan of Jordan Rossiter. He said today in his press conference, that, uh, to my knowledge, that he loves him. He loves the kid. So, yeah, he has a soft spot for Jordan Rossiter because he obviously seen him come up the ranks at Liverpool. So, it, it, Rossiter is a good player. It's just, yeah, you need to get him fit. He's a good player, he's just unfit. And the thing is, there's players ahead of him just now who are 
to have been in the team consistently and playing well. So it'd be unfair on them to drop him, uh, drop them for him. Yeah, exactly. Like Ryan Jack's been immense. Arfield's been brilliant. Davis has obviously came into the fold. Like there's a lot of exactly our midfield is stacked, mate. You know, it's a lot of competition for places. Like there is a lot. I love the fact that there's a lot of strength and depth in our squad. Uh, so there is, man. I'm very over the moon with that. But I think uh, we're going to be maybe sending one more player. I think that might be our number 10. Because obviously Gerard said that he wants to change up the system to maybe a 4-4-2 diamond or a 4-4-2. Because obviously you can't have Defoe sitting on the bench and you can't have Morello sitting on the bench. You need to play two up top. So, yeah, I think we're obviously going to see a change in the formation. So, well, yeah, obviously that, that that's a nice wee segue into bringing up uh, number 10s. Uh, Adam Lallara, he's been like with us. What do you make of that? Yeah, I don't see that happening either. As you were saying, it's paper talk, and don't think we could really afford these wages. Um, but yeah, sure. I, I think no, that's just a lot of rubbish. Not. Yeah, and more likely, Ravel Morrison. See that? Yeah, um, like obviously he's he's. I mean, he was younger. He had massive potential. Um, through, obviously through various reasons, he's not lived up to that. Yeah, a lot of field um, stuff. Yeah, it's quite a. Stuff, yeah, uh, he's had a lot of issues. I think that's more realistic than Alana, but I again don't see it happening. Yeah, near that. Um, but it's, it's I've seen a few Rangers fans saying, oh, we should have kept Windass to play that number 10 role. Like, shut up. <laughs> I know, I know, he didn't have that attitude at all. <coughs> um, and like we talked about a few podcasts ago, that interview with Sly Ferry, I just kind of summed him up. Aye, uh, delusional. That's one word to sum up. Uh, utterly delusional. Just a complete waste of talent. And he's not exactly thriving at Wigan, is he? He's doing quite poor. Wigan fans hate like him. 20 Two goals. Yeah, he's not doing good whatsoever down at Wigan, so oh well. But yeah, we'll move on to Celtic eventually. No more Rangers, I promise. There's no more Rangers talk, right? <laughs> uh, but Celtic, obviously, the sight of a Burke, and um, that was the first thing they made this window. And um, what I do you make of that? Do you think, think that's if a- he performs, um, that's going to be a great signing for Celtic. Obviously, he went for fifty million, so you don't go to the Bundesliga for fifty million if you're not good. Yeah, because obviously this season he's not even getting in the team in the West Brom team in the championship. He wasn't even getting a lot of game time last season. So this, who knows? This could be a beneficial move for him. He, he I think he'll be playing some regular football. Uh, so he will be he'll be playing a lot of regular football. Um, and maybe Rogers can bring the best out in him. So, who knows? What What would you say is his like natural position? Um, right winger. Right winger. Yeah, I would say so. Like, do you think he could play out in the left? Do you think he could maybe solve Celtic's left wing crisis? Possibly, but I think he's he's right footed, so uh, unless he's cut in, but I think the way Celtic play, they want obviously natural kind of wingers. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he'll play in the left, I think he'll, he'll play in the right. Um, he'll rotate him and Forrest. Obviously, Forrest is number one, he needs to try and get Forrest to the team. Um, he's, he's definitely got the potential and ability to do that, it's just whether he shows that. Yeah, exactly. And Timothy Way, what do you make of that signing? 
Um, he's um, got, there's a lot of hype surrounding this guy, right? A lot of hype, but he's not played a lot of football. He hasn't. He's obviously only like 18 years old, um, so that'll be the reason he's not played a lot of football. Um, he's, he's an 18 year old boy who's really not been tested yet. Um, obviously, he's the son of an absolute legend in, in George Ware. Um, so, for us in the family, they've got some, some player there, but. He's also not the answer, I don't think, for their, their striking problems at the moment, because he's a young boy. It's a lot of pressure to put on an 18-year-old boy. Um, I don't think it'll be another Masunda, um, where like a big play, a big name player who's got a lot of potential comes in. Uh, I don't think it'll be like that. I don't think he'll score bags of goals, because I don't think he'll get enough game time to do that. Um, but it's a decent wee sign to give him some first-team football, but it's nothing more than that. Yeah, so it's until the end of the season, obviously... Um... I don't know. I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna criticize it. And there's a lot of hype surrounding this kid. Yeah. So, who knows? It might turn out to be a phenomenal signing. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about him. I've only the only stuff I know about this guy is the hype uh, from the, <laughs> the the media here. You know. Also, Neymar came out and said as well that he's going to be a big player. So. Oh, if, ne- oh, if Neymar's saying that, then that 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 speaks volumes. So who knows? I'm undecided. I'm not going to say he's do- going to do great. I'm not going to yeah. say he's going to do bad, but. It's good. It's an interesting sign. I'm I'm intrigued to see how it will play out. And no, uh, I'm more intrigued about though is Bayo. Yeah, they paid money for him. Mm-hmm. He's and he's a striker. He's got a ridiculous record. That Slovakia is like twenty games this season, like eighteen goals. But that's Slovakian league, and same could be said about Morelos. So when he came in, he had a very similar record. Yeah. And and in Finland, uh, was it Finland? Yeah. Um, Helsinki and. He's also proved a success, so I think Bayo it could be a relish or it could be a a, um, a flop. But yeah, I that. Think, yeah, I just said. I think he definitely has potential to score by his goals for Celtic, but we need to we wait and see because it could. Because like you said, it was a very poor league, uh, but someone else playing a poor league, so yeah, we'll need to wait. What did you say? Uh, I think it's like twenty, twenty-one, something like that. Yeah, how much was it that Celtic paid for him again? Uh, I think it was like two and a half million, three million, something like that, two and a half to three million. Yeah. So that's Celtic got three strikers then? Yeah, so obviously they've got, they've got uh, Edward, Edward, yep, and um, Bio, 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 and yeah, and if you work out Johnson. Yeah, so what do, you, do you think they'll get any more in? Uh, any more players, I think. I Not think any more strikers, sorry. Any more strikers? Nah, I, I doubt it. They've got two strikers in. Uh, obviously, we uh, are from PSG, Bio from that Slovakian team or whatever it was. Um, so we've got three strikers there, and like I said, four Shikin Johnson. So I, I can't see them getting any more strikers. I think where they need to focus attention now is obviously right back and centre back. Yeah. Uh, what about left winger as well? Left left winger as well, possibly, but they've still got Scotty Sinclair there. Um, and they've still got options there. I don't think they'll really look at that until summer. Obviously, it's still a weakness, but I don't think they'll look at that until summer. I think their priority needs to be a right back, especially after that old firm display. Uh, and obviously Celtic are linked with uh, Scott McTominay uh, from Man United um, Seen that. might be getting, I, I, I getting him on loan I would even like him as well what? I would even like him as well oof interesting I, I think he would if it's going to be going to good, either Celtic or Aberdeen yeah. it would be Celtic you know so yeah I think that would be a good signing for Celtic if they manage to pull that one off yeah, but where would that leave Scott Brown if he comes in exactly I mean like obviously the same position McTominay like He's obviously a good player, but I don't think he would play the world of fire. Like he's a very simple player. Yeah. Who, when I say that, I mean he does. He just passes the ball. He doesn't do anything that catches the eye. Um, 
very much like Ryan Jack, um, but also Ryan Jack's an established first team player. Because I get that about McTominay, Manu, but obviously he just kind of brought through the team like kind of last season. Yeah. Um, but it'd be great if Celtic got him off as another Scottish player at, at a Scottish club. Um, but I can't see it happening. I think if Manu are going to loan him out, I don't know why they would, because obviously he's in the first team, he gets games. So it'll be a strange one. If he does get one there, it would be to a Premier League club, I think, yeah. or to a Championship team. Yeah, because if Celtic managed to pull that off, as you're saying, he's getting some game time at Man United. If Celtic are able to pull that one off, it would be a good addition to their squad. It would be a good signing. But another yeah, player they've been linked with is uh, Yaya Toure. Um, he obviously got released from Olympiacos in 2018, right? Um, he's a free agent. Um, it didn't work out for him at Olympiacos. He only played about two games, right? Uh, he's 35, right? I'm not, I'm not one to criticise his age, right? And Sam buzzing about Stephen Davis and uh, obviously Jermaine Defoe, right? The thing is, right, do you think this could be a good sign for Celtic if they get Yaya Toure? He's, he's, he's got a lot of pedigree about him. He's got a lot of pedigree. Um, but he does. He, he's play, like, he was playing in uh, the Greek League, right? And it didn't exactly work out for him there. So what do you think? Do you think that would be a good signing? I think it would be a great signing, if I'm being honest. I think he would, he would be very good for Celtic. But I read somewhere, I think it was in the paper or something like that, that Celtic have no interest in him. It's still fabricated. Like, obviously, two of themselves try to get the move. Uh, uh, I think I've seen some of the Celtic aren't, aren't interested in him. Mm-hmm. And even if it did happen, he'd, he'd want a ridiculous wage. Um, Known to he'd want a ridiculous wage. and It wouldn't be worth it for Celtic, um, I don't think... Um, if it, if it did happen, like I said, it would be a brilliant signing for them. Yeah, he says a uh, lot of pedigree. Yeah, he's had a fantastic career. We know how, like, good he is, good he is yeah, you know. But, yeah, it would be very interesting if they did get him. But, it's, see, Big Joe Gal was also saying in Scott School chat the other day that he was he thinks that Yaya Toure wants to move more than Celtic, you know. Like, he, he was on, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Yaya Toure was on uh, Monday Night Football yeah, so he was uh, and yeah, the presenter made a wee hint about Celtic brought up Celtic to Yaya Toure he was like oh you're going to end up going to Celtic something along those lines and then Yaya Toure kind of laughed it like kind of laughed it off you know so I think Yaya Toure obviously wants to go to Celtic but the question is are Celtic wanting him I'm not too sure I don't, I don't think Celtic want him to be honest I think obviously the, 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 the ridiculous wages and Celtic they're they're like they're buying young. Their philosophy is basically to buy young players and sell them on. He doesn't fit that philosophy, and yeah, I just, I just can't see it happening. Mm, yeah, and uh, we'll move on uh, from Celtic, um, and we'll talk about Hibs. Hibs have been in the news, so they have. Uh, they've made some. Uh, just two signings uh, to my knowledge. Uh, they've made uh, uh, Scott Allen. They signed him in a pre-contract until the end of the season and they've also signed Ryan Gold who has made his return to Scottish football um, thought we'll start with Ryan Gold uh, Matt yeah, that's a good signing I think that's a good signing for Hibs because Ryan Gold needs to be playing football at his age I think he's around the age of 23-24 he needs to be playing on a regular basis because he's, he wasn't getting a whole lot of game time at Sporting Lisbon he got loaned out to one or two clubs didn't really work out but at his age, he needs to be playing regular football and he's going to get that at Hibs. But do you think that's a good signing? I think it's a, it can be a good signing and it should be a good signing because obviously he's played Scott. It's, been, it's crazy to think it's been nearly five years since he left. Um, and that time, like you said, he's been loaned out. He's not really, I don't think he's made a first team appearance for Sporting Lisbon yet. He's obviously not going to make it there. 
Um, so trying to come back to Scotland where he made his name in the first place is a very smart move. Mm-hmm. Just whether he can get back to that level he was at at Dundee United is the question. But I think. What oh, Hibs? Oh, sorry, it, it doesn't think, matter. Sorry, continue. Sorry, hi. Yeah, I think I think he will get back to that level. I, I, I don't have many doubts about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if it doesn't work out, Hibs have got the backup option. I've got Dan Allen in anyway, so they've they've covered themselves there. Yeah, um, it, but I think uh-huh. it will be a good signing. Um, yeah, because. Ryan Gold, I think he's been quite a, a lost cause, obviously, in Portugal. The move, let's be honest, it's not worked out. And he's not got a future there. So, for a ch- this is a great chance for him to bring his career back to relevancy again. And he this could be great for his career. And we get a lot of regular football at Hibs. So, I think Neil Lennon will be able to make him make gold feel good about himself again and bring his confidence back so yeah I think that is a positive signing for Hibs you know and I think gold there's a good chance he could maybe make a permanent return to Scotland but the question is Sporting Lisbon might want quite a lot for him you know because they signed him for about I think it was like two or three million but who knows right he's not he's not I don't think he's, he's got a future in Sporting Lisbon so who knows Sport Lisbon might be generous at the end of the season if it works out for Gold at Hibs and they might say, right, you can get Rangel for half a million. Like, it's fine, we're not interested in him anymore. You can have him, Hibs. And I think Hibs would push the boat out to try and sign Rangel if it works out, you know? Yeah, no, I have to agree. Yeah, I think if Gold performs, like I said, I think he will do it. Um, Hibs will, will try and sign him. I don't think Lisbon would want too much because they can't, how can they justify? The only way they can justify it is always spending this one on, but. End of the day, he didn't make a first team appearance. I mean, he did loan get his loans out to various didn't out. clubs. Didn't work out, so they can't justify wanting a big. Um, exactly, that's a him. great point. That's a great point, and uh, yeah, we'll wait and see how that one plays out. But Scotty Allen, he's made a return to Hibs. So obviously, he's going to well, he's going to be made a return. He signed a pre-contract, uh, so he did. And Scotty Allen is twenty-seven, right? And the only season he's played regular first team football was in the championship with Hibs and that was one season him moving to Celtic was the worst thing for his career simple as that is he was chasing a few quid and the move did not work out at all that was disastrous for him utterly disastrous and uh, continue I'm sorry I was saying everyone knew it at the time it was a bad move Um. Obviously, um, Hibs accepted a lower bid for him. Like then we put in for him, we like put two hundred fifty or something like that. They accepted two hundred from Celtic, and obviously Celtic were just buying them, so we couldn't buy them. Let's, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, that's it's true. Yeah. Um, and he was never going to get a game for them over the team they had at that point. Um, and when he did make appearances, he didn't perform. Remember, it was in the Europa League. He made a back pass, and a player went onto it and scored. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, it, it was just a bad, bad move for him. He should have went to Rangers. Uh, he didn't went to Celtic, and it's just ruined his career. He's wasted what? How many years has he been there now? Three, four years. Yeah, he signed with Celtic in twenty fifteen. We're in twenty nineteen, right? And this boy's played hardly any football, right? He he obviously was at Hibs last season, but he only signed in January for the second half of the season, right? He got a bit of Dundee as well. Dundee, that didn't work out. At all, really. Like, he was on the bench. Like, Neil McCann didn't fancy him. You know, he only was getting a handful of games. So, it's it was a disastrous move for Scotty Allen. And, as you were saying, 
he should have waited until January time uh, back in 2015 to sign a pre-contract with us. That's all he had to do. And then, that, like, just to think how different it could have been for Scotty Allen, you know? Exactly. But, it could be a Scotland international playing regular football under Stephen Gerrard now. Um, but no, he's, he made the wrong choice. And he's made up for it now going back to Hibs, but he's never yeah, going because, back to that level he was at, I don't think. Yeah, because obviously, like... He wanted to go to Rangers, he did, right? Because obviously we were making bids and we were getting rejected. I think we made like three bids or something yeah, like that. He got rejected. Because Alan Stubbs was like, I'm not selling Scott Allen to Rangers. Then Celtic come in and then he goes to Celtic. Scotty Allen should have waited until January time to sign that pre-contract and just to think how different things could have been. And as you were saying, Celtic signed Scott Allen just to wind us up, you know? But we didn't actually need Scott Allen at that point. We genuinely didn't. You know, like if we signed him, yeah, it would have been a great signing. But our squad at that moment in time was stacked. It was, and we were we won the league that season anyway. Game promotion, Hibs never game promotion. So, yeah, Scott Allen should have waited. Should have waited until January, signed that pre contract, and then, but he never, he never decided to go to Celtic and. What a waste it was for no, him, man. What a waste, yeah. Like, genuinely, I think young players can look at Scott Allen and say, right, you know what, I want to stay put at a certain club and not try and chase the pounds. Just because a big team like Celtic comes in doesn't mean it's always going to be the right move. Yeah, because he was guaranteed to get regular first-team football at Rangers, if you sign. Exactly. You know, and then Celtic and sign him, then boom, non-existent. Rangers was supposed to play his team. He was supposed to Rangers fan and all that. Um, and he's just totally... Selfish and just ruined it. And I, I do hope he kind of makes it a name at Hibs, but at the same time, I don't because of what he done. Yeah, I think honestly, um, I think he'll do well at Hibs. I feel so. I think he'll do well, yeah. Um, see, obviously, uh, his first spell at Hibs, he got Player of the Year. Uh, so he did. He was phenomenal for Hibs that season. He, he was our best. He was our best player. And the second half of last season, he was great for Hibs. So I think Hibs and Scott Allen are a perfect match. For each other, yeah. But I think it's, I think, uh, I think it's quite uh, poor on Celtic's behalf, though, in a sense that they're literally holding this guy hostage because, like, Hibs, I think would would have tried to uh, of got him this window, but obviously Celtic are still quite um, upset with Hibs over the whole John McGinn thing. So I think that would have been that a bid would have been rejected anyway. So. Well, in Hibs, in, on Hibs, when you're looking at Hibs' point of view, at least they've got him now. Right? He's going to be a Hibs player come the end of the season. But, yeah, I think the the, the relationship between Celtic and, and Hibs is soured over that whole drama again, uh, fiasco. And that's, that's, that's not Hibs' fault, that's Celtic's fault. Yeah, exactly, you know. It just shows you Celtic being petty over it, you know. Exactly. Um, but I'm just thinking, Goldie does work out. Ali comes in the summer, him and Goldie might make a wee partnership. That's a, a good chance, you know, but we just need to wait and see if Ryan Gold can obviously produce sure. the goods for Hibs and um, we'll wait and see if if Hibs will be able to fork out the money for him, if Sporting Lisbon can be reasonable about it, you know. But yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see how, how that one plays out. But um, also Aberdeen have uh, secured the loan of Lowe, uh, so they have, which is uh, positive for them. Because uh, he was a, a great addition to Aberdeen, so he was. He Anytime i seen Lowe, he was a very good left-back for Aberdeen. And obviously Derby recalled him uh, due to injuries and whatnot. And he, I think he played against Leeds 
uh, last weekend and he had a shocker of a performance and I think uh, Lampard got cold feet and then said I ah, can go back up to uh, Scotland and Derby apparently Derby I was literally about to say that so obviously Derby are trying to get Ashley Cole so yeah that's uh, good for Aberdeen obviously them getting low in uh, that's positive news because yeah, it's a good play for them, yeah. Exactly, because see, if they didn't have low, uh, they would need to play Andy Constein at left back, and Andy Constein's legs are going. <laughs> you yeah. know, and his, his contract's up at the end of the season, so yeah, it's good that they've got a, a young, promising left back in until the end of the season, but Aberdeen need to get more signings in. Like they, they do. do. They, they do. be very quiet. Yeah, exactly. I'd probably say they need to get. Basically, it's in that final third, they need to get another striker. James Wilson's not worked out, has it? Nah, not really. Like he, I thought he would be a fantastic. I thought he would do really well for them. When I saw that at the start of the season, I thought that, that's an absolute amazing sign of Aberdeen. But it's not worked out at all, like you said. And they can't rely on Stephen May. Um, Aye, Stephen May's a lost cause, mate, isn't he? I've said that we uh, say it all the time, but he is, you know. But Aberdeen are going to keep him. I think they're going to keep him until his contract's up. Yeah, um, they need some more fire, but they can't just constantly rely on uh, Gary McKay-Stevens. Yeah, like McKay-Stevens, uh, now and again. Can't, can't constantly rely on them, you know. And yeah, and obviously Lewis Ferguson, uh, he's a quite a promising uh, prospect. So yeah. he is. Uh, he's, he's got a big best future. Season, I yeah, I think that's a fair point, mate. I like he's got a big future ahead of him, Lewis Ferguson, Barry Ferguson's nephew. So who yeah. knows? Who knows? Eh? Yeah, might no, end up in a blue jersey one day, you know. But I tell you, another player who is strongly linked to being a blue jersey, Graham Shinney. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, obviously. See if we sign him. Uh, the meltdown would be funny, right? The meltdown um, would be funny. Um, he's a solid player. He's not great. He's solid. Um, I think he would be a solid squad player. But if we are going to sign him, as we said earlier on, we need to cut the cloth. We need to get rid of the dead wood. And if we were to sign him, I would not be against it. I think it would be a decent signing. Um, but he's not going to be playing week in, week out. But it will be a decent signing and... It'll be on less wages than Penna and uh, Graham Dorans. So we need to cut the cloth if we're going to sign him. Because we've got too many midfielders, you know. But right now it's all speculation. The contract's up at the end of the season. So, but it'll be, it would be another meltdown from Aberdeen if we go and sign another like skipper it. from them, you know. Because we signed a skipper before. Ryan Jack and it'll be even funnier if we go sign the current skipper. <laughs> it, would, it would be, but that's not a reason you sign a player. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I agree, I agree. But I think, uh, I think, I think Chanel will go down south. To be honest, it'll be, it'll be honestly regardless of where he goes. If he Aberdeen lose him, that's a big loss because he's the glue that keeps our midfield together. He's like the heartbeat. Like he's he does all the dirty work. He's a re, he's he's like honestly like defensively wise he's really good he's a great ball winning midfielder in that sense right he is but going forward doesn't really offer a whole lot you know but he's he is versatile in the sense that he can play left back and he can play midfield so 
I, I don't think he's going to stay at Aberdeen. See if he's going to stay. I think he's going to sign a new contract by now. I think he's just looking at his options at this moment in time. Yeah, I think I think I think he'll go down to the championship. Yeah, and one thing he does offer is work rate. He works really hard. You know, he he you'll never see him not try. He'll always give one hundred and ten percent. You know, and he won't be scared to back out in a fifty fifty. You know, but yeah, so, he's always prone to yellow card or two. But aye, aye, exactly, exactly, mate. So yeah, is there any other transfer business we need to discuss before we shut up shop? I don't think so, no. I think we've covered all the major ones. Yeah, I think we have, mate. I think we have indeed, mate. So, um, I'd obviously, I'd like to rev- like talk about the games this weekend, but there's a lot of games to get through, and I think we need to shut up shop, because I think it's a, a 1 hour and 20 minutes we've done, mate. 1 hour and 20 yeah, minutes for the first part this quite, week. Quite a, quite a big episode. It is, mate. It's been a good episode. It's been a very good episode. So, uh, until next time, guys... Take care and we will see you soon. Bye-bye.